Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, and I'm Big Head Joe. We had an emotional week. <laughs> y- yes, we did. So I was going to say this is going to be a weird episode, and, and I don't think we've ever really done an episode like this before. I mean, maybe back in the very early days where it was like, it, I mean, we're basically winging it. I think I, the text I sent to you last night said, "Let's just transparently wing it." Yes. Obviously, tell you all uh, that that we are winging it. Um, I had a bad week. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. admit that I have I have winged it a lot more often on this show than Joey has probably. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, at least we have when we have show notes and things to to discuss, like topics to discuss. You know, like we have those topics to discuss. And the thing yeah. is, uh, while you would think we have a lot to discuss. Um, and, and I guess we sort of do, and we are going to touch on some things. Um, what happened last Monday, which is, I guess, the the catalyst for this episode being the way it is, um, is is kind of the it, it kind of derailed everything for me. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know what I'm referring to, last Monday was the January 16th, I think. Um, no, not 16th. It's like the 13th or something. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, they uh, it was Monday. They have their apparently scheduled but not scheduled ban announcements, and they banned Oko, uh, Mox Opal, and Mycosynth Lattice in Modern. Um, and that, um, I mean, frankly, the the Mox Opal banning upset me. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot, a upset lot is a, it, upset is is probably the understatement of all understatements. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, I'm trying. I don't want this whole episode to be like a rant about this, and that's sort of what it, it probably is going to be. It's okay, just roll it, with it. It's going to be some of it. Like I just, I'm just trying to be as as forthright as I can be. Nothing in 25 years of playing because I I started in January 1995, so it's been 25 years now. Um, in 25 years, nothing has ever made me feel this crushed about magic, and um, and. Let's just let's take them one by one. Um, first of all, Mycosynth Lattice. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I feel like that's the easiest one to discuss for me because while I owned a copy of Lattice, so that I could tutor it up with my Karn, the Great Creator, um, I it doesn't bother me too much that they banned it. But at the same time, I think it's weird. It's I don't feel like it was necessary. It's like 
they I understand like they're saying like we don't want this particular thing to be a win condition, but it's almost like somebody said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to change the 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 last letter of all the days of the week to E." So you still say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but you know it's because Y is a crooked letter and we just don't want that and it's like <laughs> Why? 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 Okay. Like, yes, you're right. Why is a crooked letter? If you really don't want why being a crooked letter, go ahead and do that. But I don't really understand. It doesn't seem like it's necessary. Nobody's asking for this. Nobody was worried about mycosynth lattice. I know that's a weird analogy, but I'm just saying like it's like just changing something because of X reason, which is true. But I just felt like, okay, I guess like fine. (laughs) I wasn't worried about it, but I can see why it's banned, because it's, like, legitimately the least fun thing you could possibly play against. Like, it's terribly unfun to play against. Well, no, and- the thing is, you, you don't play against it, right? If Once it resolves, you just don't play. That's It ends the game. I mean, and I understand, on one hand, you have decks like Splinter Twin, which you would say the same thing and say, well, there, that was banned also. So I understand in that respect. The thing is... Uh, and I, again, I'm not arguing for it not to be banned. I'm just saying I think it's weird because I feel like there are so many things. It's kind of like, you know, decks play win conditions. This happens to be a win condition. It required some setup. You had to play. Uh, you had to resolve the Karn. You had to keep the board clear. That's another thing. Like people would forget. And I even saw it on camera at like a Star City event. Um, I'm sure it happened more than once on camera, but I caught it once where someone – play their Karn and they get a Mycosynth Lattice and their opponent's like, yeah, attack Karn, kill it, continue playing the game. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you need to – it requires setup. You need a clear board. You need the opponent not to be able to deal with Karn on the board and then you need to resolve your six mana spell and that's after having resolved Karn. So uh, it, to me, it feels like that's that's plenty fair for modern. It's not um, you know, like Splinter Twin where you turn three flash in – a pester might and turn four cast splinter twin like that was it you know like it wasn't it's these cards aren't instants they're not they don't have flash they're not uh i, I just don't think it's that big of a deal it's certainly not uh, comparable to splinter twin in the sense of being difficult to interact with and again fine with it didn't really bother me all that much i had more things that were bothering me <laughs> at the time so i think maybe that's an easy way to uh sneak it in if they had if they had put this by itself, we might be questioning it a lot more. Um, Not me. I've but, played against it. I don't like yeah. it. Sure. Goodbye. I don't. I don't really like playing against any deck that's beating me. So well, ban yeah, them all. The ban all the decks like, that beat me. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Like, so win condition means that the game ends, and the game is forced to end. Giving an opponent the opportunity to choose not to end the game, like that's not a win condition. If you didn't end the game of Magic, like. It doesn't matter if you made it so that your opponent can't do stuff. Right. If you didn't end the game of Magic, that doesn't count as a win condition to me. Like, I know that, like, for some reason, control players are like, oh, then I'll just make you stop being able to do stuff, and then hopefully you'll decide to stop playing. Like, that's not a win condition. Like, a win condition is when this game of Magic has ended, and another game of Magic must begin. So, like, you know, a player can choose not to... You play... You play Mycosynth Lattice, mm-hmm. and you have a Karn out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end the game of Magic. Right. It says, now you can't do anything, but your opponent's like, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna do stuff. Um, so, so I think that, like, one of the things... 
I don't know. Maybe one of the things they're trying to do is get rid of win conditions that don't actually win the game. Okay. Like, um, I don't know. And, and like, I mean, if in that vein, uh, you know, Big Teferi would have been banned too because it's also not a win condition. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but to me, I don't like. I don't count those as win conditions. Like, you're supposed to take me take me to zero life, or deck me. Or right. do something to to actually win the game, not just see how much control I have. Like that's not winning. That's well, just yeah. And you, that's a great point. Um, I'm not really. I don't disagree with you. Um, I think what I would clarify, or at least the counterpoint I would make, is uh, with both of these, the the win condition is I'm milling you out. <laughs> you can sit there mm-hmm. and draw your cards <laughs> every turn, and then you get decked. But you're right. Like. You have to not mill yourself too, right? And so that's where Big Teferi came in where you're like, all right, I'm going to just keep tucking my own Teferi. So I'm not – I'm taking care of my own side of things and I'm just going to sit here and wait for you to draw your whole deck and you know mill yourself out. And meanwhile, exile all your lands. So you, you control no lands and and I'm not going to mill out. So you are. So you can – that is the win condition. You're go, I'm milling you to death just one turn at a time. So that would end the game of magic. The, the thing is people just – scoop before that because why waste the time but th- th- i understand your point um but that's a win condition milling someone one one card at a time milling someone yes but you got to get there and sure. like that's not you know i mean like there are some people who aren't going to scoop to that sure no and <laughs> you that's know? fine and, that's f- and um and i don't know and i i personally i don't like those kind of win conditions because it's not like it doesn't end the game. It ends the game like in forty minutes, right? You know what I mean? Like, well, and I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's up to you not, as if you were the opponent or you're the person being locked, whether or not you want to continue the game that way. So sure, like, right? <laughs> it's it's certainly your call to do that, and there has been many a debate uh, about players who you know don't scoop quickly enough, and I. Totally understand both sides of that argument because, but like, there's no like. So you you get mad at the opponent for choosing not to end the game of right. magic that you didn't end, right? Right. That's, yeah. that's, that's well, a stupid argument. You know no, what I mean? I mean, like, I, mean I, I get guess, what you're saying yeah. too, but like, that's like a like, for people to get mad at someone for choosing to continue playing. It's like you didn't end the game. You know, you want to end the game, end the game. Right. You know. Um, so I don't know. So anyway, I, I think that less effects like that. I'm not saying ban to big to fairy, but I'm saying less effects like that in the format. I think are good for uh, the enjoyment of the game for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. You know, because then if you don't have a win condition in your deck that doesn't actually win the game, you don't have a situation where your opponent can choose to not scoop, and then you get mad at them for not choosing to end the game. Right. That you decided to not end by playing something that doesn't end the game. Right. Um, and not putting, like, a Baneslayer Angel in your deck or something to actually end the game. Um, and it's not, you know, I'm saying you, but no, you know, no, I know what you mean. Not it's all you good. I'm not taking it that way. And I, I no. like I said, I see both sides of that argument. I'm, I'm not really, uh, I'm not, I think there is something to be said for inevitability where it's like, okay, I have 50 cards left, you have 49, and you're locked. Do we want to sit here? Like, it's up to you. Fine. I, that's the inevitability is the win. But yeah, it's all good. Well, we'll if you got, can... if you got, if you've locked the game down mm-hmm. with fifty cards left in your, uh, in your deck, <laughs> I guess that's then, an issue. <laughs> then that card should be banned. Okay, let's like say card, thirty cards. Like you know, that was well, an example. I'm just saying, though. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, like if if your if your if your deck is capable of locking down the game that early, mm-hmm. then yeah. Then you see why they ban the card, but um, but anyway, again, again, this card isn't the big deal here, right? Um, 
Let's scoot on to the next one, which I'm pretty sure I know. Okay, so I think everyone knew, and this is kind of part of the the issue here, which was, uh, you know, Oko Thief of Crowns was banned and modern. No one was surprised. I not was, surprised. I was not surprised. Um, however, I was upset. Not upset because they banned it necessarily, but upset because they printed it. <laughs> upset because how much of my, you know, my resources, whether it's money or trading cards or whatever, have I wasted because of this card? And not just me, obviously, uh, since September when it was released. This card has slowly wrecked every format in Magic, uh, every big format, consider like constructed, competitive constructed format uh, in terms of like you go standard and then pioneer and then modern. And I think Evan Irwin tweeted like we have our own uh, – I forgot what the sequence was called, but the it was like every 28 days since it was released, it was banned in a format. Um, and so, you know, those are the big three formats right now. After Modern has uh, – I'm sorry, after Pioneer was announced, it became one of the big three. Um, you say Standard, Pioneer, and Modern, and Legacy kind of got pushed out of the big three, I would say. I don't think a lot Definitely. of people would, would uh, argue with that. So we'll just take that as a given. Um, so Oko, like I I – Spent four Mythic Wild cards to get four Okos. I spent money and uh, you know my my resources to buy four Oko on Magic Online. I spent money and cards trading in so that I could get four Oko in paper. And it was it's one thing where it's like, oh, it's banned in Standard, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I don't play that much Standard. That's okay. I kind of bought it anyway for Modern, and now that Pioneer's a thing, like Pioneer. So I, I can still play it in Modern and Pioneer. Then they ban it in Pioneer, and this happened just after I had bought into a, the Simic aggro deck, which revolves a lot around Oak, having Oko as like um, a secondary win condition, where you could be like the aggro deck or the aggro player, or you could kind of shift into more of a mid-range controlling role if you needed to, and you have Oko. And so it's like, okay, they banned that literally the the Monday after the weekend when I bought into it. So that was, you know, I I know that's me, but I don't think I'm alone, you know, in terms of the specifics may may vary for people, but a lot of people bought Oko. And so they banned that in Pioneer. And it's just like, all right, this sucks, but I guess I can play it in Modern if it doesn't get banned. And it's so this whole time this there's this bitter pill that anybody who bought into Oko has to swallow in Standard, in Pioneer, in Modern, and it's frustrating. So it's already I'm, – I'm already frustrated with the fact that my card, this card that I spent these resources to buy has been banned in two of the big formats and then they go and ban it in Modern and I still – I think that was correct and I again, I'm not saying I wasn't surprised but I'm upset that the card was printed. I'm, I'm upset that I put so many resources into this card and – um, and as a customer, I'm already upset. So that's where I am on Monday morning before the ban announcement when I'm expecting Oko to be banned. Right. I, I'm and, frustrated already because of that. Right. Now, you know, the one thing I – this it's really interesting to me. I mean, we'll get into the to the main point here, but it's really interesting to me that like a lot of time on this podcast has been spent like – managing our own and managing other people's expectations on bands and like mm-hmm. and i've always talked about bands uh, in a very favorable way 
Um, this position for me hasn't changed. I still do think that frequent bans are good for the health of a format, right? Um, I like it. I like seeing sweeping changes happen, um, regardless of whether or not they affect me. Now, as a general philosophy, uh, I tend to play fair, aggressive decks. So I don't face bans very often. You know, I play decks that are safe from bans. Maybe by design, maybe to prevent myself from having a moment like you had last week. Um, But also just because those are the kind of decks I like to play. Right. Um, And... And it's a style I like to play, and you know, and I just and I, and I enjoy it. Um, so it's so, but but the one thing that I don't ever think about, and the thing that came up in this whole conversation was the fact that like, so they banned Oko, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it like in terms of like just a single card, who cares? Like I mean, like a single card, who gives a crap? Like. Like, that's okay. Um, and should have seen it coming. You did see right. it coming. Absolutely. It's not like you didn't see it coming for this particular card. Right. Um, but the trickle down of, like, Simic Aggro just not being a deck anymore. You know what I right. mean, basically? Yep. Because Oko was, like, the thing that pushed its power level over the top. Yeah. Um, means that you invested in an entire deck right. that is essentially like you know just trade fodder now or right. you know because it has might have homes other places but sure. you might have standard whatever but essentially you invested in a deck that is unplayable without that card so you've lost more than just oko you know you've lost an entire deck that you built and like you know joey you're not you're not a poor guy you know i don't know how much money you make but i know that you at least do decently well for yourself you know mm-hmm. so so you can afford to to buy into another deck you know you could afford you can afford to shift gears even though it, it it's painful you know you can afford to go okay and you and plus you have cards you have resources that you can you know you have yeah. decks you can build available to you right and that's why i kept using the term resources also because i trade for you know i trade cards in to buy lists and you get store credit and that's what i'm saying but yeah go ahead right but but when you think about like 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 a 16 year old kid who's working at like a grocery store or something who's making like minimum wage and like and they see like oh you know modern is a thing and modern's expensive as hell to get into you know so they focus all their resources into building like this one deck, um, let's let's just, let's actually say Pioneer because Pioneer makes a little more sense. Modern at this point is a little too pushed for like a sixteen-year-old, sure, yep. to like throw money at like out of nowhere, you know. But like Pioneer, fresh format, fairly affordable uh, to get into. You know, there are a couple key cards like Oko at one point, you know, mm-hmm. like, so there are a couple expensive cards that you like might need, but they're not all $20, $30 cards. Right. So, you know, somebody takes like their $200 that they have budgeted for Pioneer or whatever. Let's say they opened two Okos in a box or mm-hmm. something. So they don't need to spend that. Um, they spend their other hundred bucks or whatever on like, like 
key pieces for a Simic deck, and then they have Simic Aggro built for Pioneer, right? And it's their only Pioneer deck. And then an announcement like this happens and makes that deck unplayable. All of a sudden, this person put all this time and resources and, and more time into it than me and you would because they make way less money than us. You right. know what I mean? Like, so, so like, you know, what might cost me, you know, 20 hours of work or whatever might cost them 40 or 60 hours of work. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of like labor to put into like making money to buy a deck. Right. You know? So, so you basically took that in pers- person's entire week's pay and like tore it up and threw it in the trash, right. you know, and that, and that's pretty frustrating. And I never really, I never quite thought of it that way. Um, you know, because I'm always thinking about the individual cards that get banned. Right. And to me, those individual cards, almost always I'm like, yep, I agree. I think that's a great idea because I like bands because I like switching things up, but taking an entire deck away from someone is pretty rough, you know? And the other um, example, I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you, no, you're good. Like I, the thing that I think about also, like it's a similar example and I guess I don't need to make it. But the, I think about like when I was a kid and I would ask for things for Christmas, sometimes, you know, usually those were things that I could not afford on my own, right? And something like four copies of Oko or three copies of Oko or two were usually that kind of thing. Like I didn't have that much money and so it would be like for Christmas, I'm going to ask for this card. And so Pretend you're, you know, this same 16-year-old kid asking your parents for, I, I want this card, and you're, you know, they're looking at you like you're nuts. But if this is what you want, this t- card, okay, you know, like we'll get it for you. And Oko, oh, yeah, okay, Oko, we'll get it for you. Uh, <laughs> um, like I remember being that kid, you know, the kid that wanted the expensive comic book that I couldn't afford. And it's like if, if that's what you want for Christmas, like just, you know, this one comic book and like a few other things because this comic book is $75 and it's the first appearance of Cable in New Mutants number 87, whatever, <laughs> you know, like this is the kind of thing. This is what you want. And then the parents, you know, they they get their kid what they want. And then in between the time the kid asked for it at, you know, just after Halloween when his parents said, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, whatever, January 13th, um, the card was banned in three formats. <laughs> and I don't know if the kid plays modern or not, but it's the same deal. It's like, can you imagine? Oh, you know the thing that I got from for Christmas, like the, the big gift? Can't play with it. And it's like that is so heartbreaking. And we're just talking about Oko here and I haven't even moved on to the third card. But yep. Oko has just destroyed so much for so many people. And the there are two – Big things here, two big factors. Um, you and I talking about frequent bans and bans being necessary and all this um, for months and years on this podcast uh, is only considering the part that it, we're, we're only considering the format themselves and not the financial aspect of it or, or, or even emotional aspect. It's it's if all the cards were a dollar. Every card was exactly the same price. Uh, every deck would be sixty bucks. I'm saying even even basic lands are a dollar. They're really they're all full art. Um, but yeah, <laughs> every card, every deck would be seventy five bucks. I guess with the sideboard, whatever. Um, if every card were a dollar, then it's easy to say, sure, ban this, ban that, like frequent bans and bannings. You know, you still have the element that you brought up where you do wreck a deck, but at least. Um, that's mitigated by the fact that well all the decks are basically the same same price and you know there's that 
element of uh, financial uh, what am I what am I trying to say? Like financial accountability is is taken out of the equation. I guess is kind of what I'm saying. If all the cards didn't matter, if we're just talking about the format itself and not the the financial aspect of it, yeah. But when you ban a card that's you know ranged from I'd say thirty to sixty dollars over the course of it was uh, of its um, time in since since it's been printed, that's a lot of money and not even taking into account the rest of the deck. Um, and I, I guess that's where I was Monday morning, back to the beginning of this. Um, I was already frustrated that I had put money and I you know, put a lot of resources into this card and the decks that I was building around this card and sort of like I was accepting it. It was a slow burn kind of thing, right? Like I saw the writing on the wall as it got banned in the other formats that this was happening. And I accepted it myself um, and was not surprised by it, but I was frustrated. And I know in our Discord, I don't know if you, you saw, but a few days before I had said, well, I traded in my, my Okos to, to Card Kingdom. Um, you know, I got $93 in store credit, so it's the best I could do. I, I think I spent about 140 on them, about 35 each when I got them. So I got them at a decent price before, uh, before they were banned in standard, but I still lost about 50 bucks, right? That's that's not insignificant. And so that's where I was Monday morning. I'm like worried or not worried, but just, you know, this sucks. They're going to ban Oko. Oh, well, I, I at least mitigated the damage. And then they ban Mox Opal. And Mox Opal, uh, you can go back and probably find quotes from previous episodes where I may have said that I could see Mox Opal being banned. But I was still blindsided because I really – it's one thing to say you you accept it or you expect it um, or kind of think it might happen. Um, but it's another thing to have it happen and it just – it felt way different than I ever expected it to <laughs> as like emotionally, right? Like I spent – so many resources to buy these cards in October in the same at the same time I was buying Oko um, and now they're, they're, now I, I can't play them Mox Opal was the most expensive card in modern it wasn't Faithless Looting or Hogak that you know spiked to 25 or 30 for a couple days or whatever and then started dropping back down and you know ended I think it was banned and it was 5 bucks or 6 bucks at the time so whatever and now it's a dollar I'm sure um this was Mox Opal that had been a staple of Modern since its inception. It had been reprinted in a Modern Masters set, um, and it had escaped BNR action for nine years. <laughs> okay, eight and a half years. Um, people, you can go back, pick any year in the last nine years, any BNR announcement. You will be able to easily find someone saying Mox Opal is going to be banned. And it never happened. In fact, it was reprinted again. It was reprinted in a Modern Master set. So Wizards kind of uh, gave us sort of like a false sense of security by continuously not banning this card. It was almost like an implicit uh, and I get, I'm sure tons of people will say it was not implicit. There was nothing implied there. You're crazy. Whatever. Fine. That's You can say it. I felt an implicit 
uh, safety in this card because it hadn't been banned in the last nine years, and it was reprinted once. And if someone tells you the sky is falling every day, don't don't leave your house. And every day you look out the window and be like, sky is not falling. Next day, sky's not falling. Next week, next month, uh, you know, and years go by and the sky never falls. You're like, you know what? I'm going outside. And you go outside and the sky falls. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's what it felt like to me. They've been saying Mox Opal's going to be banned for years. It never happened. So I didn't think it was going to happen. So I, I was caught off guard and I was frustrated and it, it really upsets me. And only on the level of the emotional part, because I understand the argument that it may be too strong for the modern format. However, that argument was true. If it was true on January 13th, 2020, it was also true every day prior to it, but since modern's come out. So I don't know what made it safe for all those days and suddenly made it unsafe on January 13th. Um, And then the fact that they did it alongside Oko, really, it just, it crushed me. I was, I was so just not not happy <laughs> and i don't understand why they needed to do it alongside oko when they just put in place this new thing that where they don't have to uh they're not scheduling bnr announcements it's not like with every set or every two months or whatever like they can just do it whenever they want so i don't understand their need to ban mox opal alongside oko like oko is the problem here in every format so far. Just ban Oko and see what happens, all right? Like, give us a couple of weeks. I don't understand why Mox Opal was fine in, what, in uh, in September before Oko was around, but now it's not fine. It just, it's it drives me crazy that they're banning these cards without, like, letting other cards, if you're banning Oko, let the format change, let the format adjust, see what happens. There were, between Hogak being banned on August 26th um, and Oko being released at the end of September, that's one month. There was one month window where uh, Oko was not in the format and it would have been kind of similar. There's not, there's not enough to say uh, what the Urza decks would have done or, or that they were too powerful within those four weeks. I don't think, I don't think four weeks is enough of a window to say like, okay, the Urza decks need to be knock down a peg like and ever since then they've had oko so you can't use that to color your opinion either because it's or you can't use that as an example because oko's been a factor so i think i'm going a little ranty here i'll let you <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> get so, some words in yeah here. so it's just it's funny because like you know my 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 initial reaction to this when i saw mox opal was banned was that you know it happens uh and i it was immediate it was immediately um, what's the word? Kind of condescending. It was just like, ah, get over it. Get over yourselves. It's 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 banned. Move on. You know, the way that I, frankly, usually do. Um, and and you know, my my point, I think you know, one of the points I made was that nobody who owns zero copies of Mox Opal is upset that Mox Opal is banned because. Everyone who's played against it knows how powerful it is and probably would rather not. And everyone who plays with it knows how powerful it is. It's why you run four. Um, you know, and, and so people don't want their own decks banned. And so, you know, and I, and, I, and again, I, I think in general, I, 
I still agree with, I feel this way, is that we as Magic players, we do not argue um, for or against cards based on an objective reality. And I don't think we can. I think we only talk about cards and we form our opinions on cards based on whether or not them existing or not existing would benefit us. So, for instance, you know, my opinion is that Mox Opal should be banned because I don't own it, I don't want to play against it, and I don't want to have to spend money on it. So, I think it should be banned because I don't want it in the format. Joey doesn't think it should be banned because Joey owns four copies. Joey invested in that card, and Joey wants it in the format because uh, he wants to play with it. Um, and... So, and I, that's just kind of how I felt about these sort of discussions for a long time. And, you know, I've been saying on this podcast for a couple months now, anyone who tells you a card shouldn't be banned, ask them how many copies are in their deck, because the answer will probably be four, unless it's something like Mycosynth Lattice, but then you're running four cards to find Mycosynth Lattice. Uh, so essentially you're running five, you're running four copies of Mycosynth, because it's just in your sideboard. Right. Um, so, uh... You know, so that was kind of the way I felt about it, and and I think like, you know, on a week to week basis, if I'm talking to Joey about these things, and he hasn't been affected by a recent banning, he would agree with me. You know, he would say, "Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. These things, you know, this is kind of how that thing goes. That is generally the line of thinking on these sort of things." Um, but what I realized, you know, after this happened, and after Joey reacted the way he did. Um, is that I think that just as magic players, we could do better, uh, at, at empathy just in general. You know, I think that like as magic players, we have to understand that like, we're going to have reactions to things that are strong and that might not, you know, seem rational. And the reason why they don't seem rational is because they are not rational and guess what that's okay you know like i what i realized i was talking to joey and like and i at first i thought it was just mad about his money or whatever but the more i talked to joey about it and the more i kind of got out of joey i was like man he is just upset like he is like actually upset about this you know not just reacting to something and disagreeing like this like has actually upset my friend and i was like i have got to back off of this you know i was like man like i can't keep like talking about this in such harsh terms because this is actually affecting the feelings of someone i care about you know and so I backed off. I stopped. I stopped talking about it entirely. I, I got out of the chat room. I kept looking in, but I didn't say anything. I was like, I'm not saying anything. I'm going to let Joey vent this out. And, you know, like, this is the thing I realized was Joey is a sensible person. You know, Joey is not an irrational person. Um, but it doesn't invalidate the way he felt about Opal being banned. You know, it doesn't change the fact that he's upset even though he knows that, you know, maybe for the health of the game, this was a good decision. Maybe for the health of modern, this was a good decision. Um, he knows 
all of that. But it doesn't change the way it made him feel. And there's nothing wrong with the way people feel about these sort of things. And I just think that we don't think about it enough. I don't think that we think about how does this affect someone's feelings? Not even so much how does it affect their deck. But, like, you know, there's more than just, I want to make people who can't afford Mox Opals mad. That's why I play it, you know? It's like... I play the card because I enjoy this deck. It fits my style. It's a fun deck for me to play, and I have success with it. That's the kind of thing that we want from every single deck we sleeve up, you know? Yeah. And and if Joey has found a deck that he likes that runs a card that might be considered overpowered by people, um, you know, I, I just think we need to be there for each other more. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I'm, I mean, I think you're right, I think, and I appreciate you, you know, kind of, like you said, kind of backing off of it uh, back when, I, you know, you and I were texting. And it was – I certainly expected to to cool off, you know, over the course of, of Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, <laughs> I think, is when I texted you. And was like, I don't know if I want to record an episode Tuesday. Like, I mean, I was – I. I I know it's. I'm just keep repeating it, but it's like it really bothered me a lot because I think, um, you know, I, I was I was angry. There was anger there, but um, you know, I, I made a I don't know. You would call it a joke, um, but I I think Magic Esports Twitter account tweeted, "How do you feel about the banning of Mox Opal?" Which right away that's really weird, isn't it? Like. Have they ever tweeted, how do you feel about the banning of X card we just banned? Like, do they ever do that? That seems really out of character. But I'm like, well, since they did it, I think it was like emojis were the options. And it was like smiley emoji, crying, angry, or I don't know. Maybe it wasn't smiling. It was celebrating. There was like a celebrating emoji and a crying and an angry. And I'm like, well, all the bad ones, right? Like the <laughs> I want a, the crying one and the angry one. Um, I don't remember what the fourth one was. Maybe it was just like a flat line, you know, emoji face. Either way, I responded and I'd be I said something about like, you know, really upset unless you want to reimburse me, right? And of course, I'm being facetious here. Like I know they're not going to reimburse me. However. If they were, I would be a lot less upset because it is to me very much about the amount of resources I put forth to this card. I, if you can take that away from from things, I can be on board with no no opal in modern. My problem is I just you know spent five hundred dollars worth of resources on the card uh, because it was like one twenty five or something when I got it, um, and and now. It's just gone, right? Like I don't know how much Opal's going for now, but I think the last I saw was like thirty bucks, and that was several days ago. But um, it's just wh- thanks, Wizards. Like that was you just not only between between <laughs> Oko and Opal and Lattice, like that's like a thousand dollars you just you know took out of my bank account or my resources, my my magic resources, um, and it's it's it hurts, right? Like again. I, Forget about the f- the health of the format part of it. I'm not even at that point. I think I told you that the other t- other day too. Like I can't even get to that point of whether or not it's right for the format because I'm just upset about what it happened to me, and I'm not by myself here. I'm not the only person in the world that owned this card, um, and it just it feels like 
I can't believe that they did this when this card is, you know, uh, what was it? Saffron Olive tweeted this, and I think this is really uh, hits the nail on the head. The problem isn't that the $100 Mox Opal was banned. The problem is that Mox Opal was $100. And that's that's true, right? Like, because if Mox Opal were $5, I don't think I'd be sitting here telling you how crushed I am that it's in the format or not in the format anymore. Like, that, that's not the problem. Um, the problem is how much I I spent on it. So, you know, this this is where we are. I really didn't want to spend, like, forever on this, but I guess we, we kind of spent, you know, a lot of time on this. I, I'm somewhat over it now. Uh, I've, I've accepted it. I'm happily playing Magic again, at least. Um, but... I did not pre-release. I didn't watch any of the streamer events or anything. I, uh, you know, I looked at Twitter and looked at some deck lists that people were posting and thought, cool, you know. But otherwise, like, I just wasn't. I, I mean, I was, I was playing a bit of chunky red and blue white control in Pioneer, and that's basically all that, uh, all the interaction I've had with Magic <laughs> over the over the past week. So it's, um, you know, it's just, I, it hurts kind of to. I don't want to think about modern, like really. That's that's part of it. Is I don't care about standard enough to to care about it. And I don't care about it enough to care about it. That makes no sense. <laughs> Somehow I'm not interested in standard, and it has nothing really to do with the opal bannings. I think you and I have kind of discussed this a little bit off of off of the podcast. How um, how after Pioneer came out, it's sort of eaten standard in a lot of ways where it's like i don't i don't really even care about that format at all i just want to talk about pioneer and modern those are the only formats i want to play um and i kind of felt that way anyway so standard even though i'm seeing a lot of pretty cool looking decks um was just not not interesting to me and modern it, it hurt it's too painful to look at at modern too much um so i just been hanging out here like holed up in pioneer <laughs> i think there's still a chance uh that pioneer does in fact eat standard yeah you know and i've said that for a while that like i think that like um an eternal format could potentially uh take the place of standard as long as it's like you know start from a decent starting point which is where we're at mm-hmm. um and I mean, they could always <laughs> branch again in like five or six years, but I don't know. I mean, like a lot of people think I'm crazy for thinking that, but like the stand, the sets have been on power level, you know. And if they refocus their efforts on limited, I think that like they could <clears throat> just get rid of standard. But um, but Pioneer to me, honestly, is also the most interesting format. Um, I've actually started actively building decks for it and playing. Although last night I tried to go play and nobody showed up. But, That's uh, crazy because the the local FNM here has just switched from standard to pioneer. Like, nice. <laughs> and I think I think they even have modern on. It's enough players showing up for both formats, but I don't think they do standard. <laughs> so I mean, this was a Monday night. It yeah. was um, uh, it was a holiday. Uh, it's the week before a new set is legal. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that like. There and and everybody went and pre-released this weekend, so I think there was a lot of like just I'm done with magic for until Friday or something, yeah, you yeah. know, like. So I think that was it. I, I honestly I should have seen that coming and not even went, but I did. But whatever, it's all good. Um, but I'm yeah, Pioneer's very interesting to me. Um, and I I don't know I'm. 
I'm looking forward to seeing where Standard goes, but I haven't thought about it enough. And people just, I don't know, people seem to hate Standard right now. Well, they like, did until until a few days ago. At least that's what it seemed like prior yeah. to Theros. Um, Theros, I think, has injected a lot of excitement into the format. Now, now whether or not that sticks throughout the next few weeks, I think anytime a new set comes out, there's excitement, right? Like all these new cards to try, right. all these new things. Like just because I hate this deck that I'm playing or that deck that I'm playing against, I'll just go switch it out and play different new cards in my deck or, or something. So I think, you know, being in this particular window of time where the set just came out, there's a lot of excitement. And you can go ahead and look at Twitter and f- see all the people saying, oh, standard's great right now. And I'm like, well, the set actually hasn't even released yet officially, but okay, it's it's great right now. <laughs> like, it's great right now. Uh, right. We'll see in three weeks when it gets solved. Yeah, please. Because it's a check about the maximum amount of time. Go ahead and check Twitter from, uh, you know, end of September prior to release of Eldraine in paper, but during that week window where it's available online and uh, – uh, and on uh, on Arena, go ahead and go back and see how many people were excited about Standard back then and see how many were saying ban Oko because I bet you that was zero. <laughs> like, um, so I'm not trying to uh, trying to put a damper on anybody's feelings about Standard, but hey, if you're enjoying Standard right now, great. I love, I'm glad you're enjoying it, but I'm – and I hope it continues this way. But we know that a week ago right now before Theros came out, I don't think people were enjoying Standard. Um, no. So I was. You were, but that's just because I like my deck. <laughs> but I've also had very limited amount of time to play. Right. You know. Yeah, um, that's that's part of it too. I'm sure. Like if you're, it doesn't bother you much when you're not playing it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I, I think to me, I, I haven't been playing standard either. Again, I just haven't been interested in it because when Pioneer came out, you know, my first thoughts were, oh no, like. I really love Standard and Modern. Like those are my formats. Now there's Pioneer. This is going to make me play less Modern. Like that's what I thought. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me that maybe it would actually eat into Standard and not Modern because that's actually what happened. I just kind of stopped playing Arena um, (laughs) and I don't play Standard and I've just played Modern and Pioneer ever since Pioneer came out. So um, it's it's like it's not that I that standard bothers me. It's that standard doesn't interest me. Like I'm looking at the decks, and I'm like, eh, okay, fires decks, you know, Nissa decks, you know, uh, cat oven decks. You know, that that looks like standard. There's some there's some uh, aggro knight decks I think around. You know, like I, I kind of look and I'm just not seeing anything that's all that interesting. And also, I'd kind of rather put my resources into buying cards that don't rotate from a format. So I don't really want to buy cards that are only good in standard. Um, so like you know, that's that's something I guess. Um, I, it's fiscally responsible to lean heavily on the uh, non-rotating formats, unless you're buying the most expensive card in the format that everybody thinks is going to get banned. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Uh, anyway, that I I can't say if standards bothering me. It just wasn't interesting me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, anyway, Pioneer is awesome right now, and I know we talked a little bit about it last episode. How I've I was playing Chonky Red. Uh, that's the deck I think I've played m- the most of. It's it's maybe about sixty forty split between that and Blue White. Um, and uh, Todd Anderson had a great article about it on uh, on Star City 
last week, and it was really interesting because Todd was one of the people. Now, I don't think he created the deck, and I think he tweeted the person that did, and I'm sorry I don't remember their name, but um, but he has been the person, I think, championing the deck for the longest amount of time. And uh, the other person, again, who I mentioned last episode, Harry MTG, um, Harry Koo is actually uh, his, his last name. Um, he, uh, he won the Pioneer Challenge with a version of Chonky Red and his version plays less copies of Mutavolt and more copies of Goblin Chain Whirler. So those to me look like the two like divergent paths that you can take with this this big red deck um, and they directly play off each other because the more Mutavolts you have, <laughs> the more Chain Whirlers are stuck in your hand if you're playing both cards. Um, so that I started with the Chain Whirler version um, myself and have since started trying the Mutavolt version. And honestly, I'm having fun with both, and I can't tell you I like one better than the other necessarily. I think Chain Whirler is just such a great card when it's good. Um, but a three-mana, three-three first strike sometimes doesn't matter. Uh, it's that it's that one damage. When when that can be relevant, that's when Chain Whirler's at its best. Um, and then Mutavolt, I think, really shines against decks that uh, you know that sweep the board. And just having it's a great way to mitigate flood. And in a deck like Big Red doesn't really have a lot of card draw, at least not in the uh, traditional sense. You get like Bone Crusher Giant that is a, you know, two mana shock that draws a 4-3, you know, <laughs> like it, it's yeah, sort right. of a card draw, you know, it's card advantage. Uh, you have Chandra, who has been just incredible. Um, that card, I never played with it before I played this deck. And it's like, I- I'm sure I saw this somewhere that someone called it, you know, the, the red Jace the Mind Sculptor and the comparison is clear because it's a four uh four ability planeswalker so that's something to do with it but um it's it just does so much and um you know i'm even forgetting i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna plus one and draw basically draw a card um oh i can't play this oh that sucks and then it's like oh wait my, my opponent takes two damage cool i totally didn't remember that part of it um so like the and it even hits and i like i like the because i had never really played with it before mm-hmm. i really like the fact that it like uh, you know, you, you draw a land. First of all, you can't play the land, which is interesting. Right. I, didn't know I think that. it says you cast. You, you can cast, cast but yeah, right. so, so that's why you can't play. It has to be a spell, right. but it, immediately if you draw a land, it's a shock. You know right. what I mean? So I think that's pretty cool. At least and online, kinda, right? And it stops a dead draw. You know, like I think it's really great. Yeah, it's such a such a great card, and it just does so many things. Um, you may have seen, and I'm actually sure you've seen uh, some. Blue white players are starting to play Fiendslayer Paladin in the sideboard, um, which is great against the mono black decks. And oh, are they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it's great against the red decks, right? But Chandra can hit it, right? Because Chandra is not a spell. Chandra is a planeswalker, right? It's an ability that that is able to take care of Fiendslayer Paladin because it has protection from, uh, or it's not protection. It can't, can't be, the be the target of black or red spells, spells right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's not protection from it. You know, can be blocked and all that by uh, black and red creatures, or it, it can it can block them and be damaged by them. But um, but yeah, the spells. Is what's uh, is the part that's relevant, but Chandra can can hit those, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, I have been playing Fiendslayer Paladin, and just before we recorded, Joe and I played some uh, some games of Pioneer to sort of warm up a little bit, which we we don't do that enough. I think a lot of times we just are like right into to recording. It's like call you up, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, and we just jump. Yeah, because I think I just haven't had like time. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like 
I'm doing stuff up until we record. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and like, and a lot of times I have to go to work earlier than I do today. Like a lot of times I work at like two or three. Yeah. But today I work at four. My I'm talking my time right, right. now because I'm thinking about work. Um, but yeah, so like I actually had extra time today, and uh, and it, again it didn't it didn't hurt that there were people <laughs> out on my porch uh, messing with my railings. Yeah, so. it's a good thing that we didn't record earlier because that would have yeah, been affecting been the podcast. Really annoying, you know? and we'd have had to stop. <laughs> but it was good to like play some games, and um, yes, you obviously played some chonky red, and I was playing blue white in both of our matches. Two different builds. I don't know if you noticed that, but it was definitely two different builds. One was like a black red, which actually I really liked. Yeah, and then the other one was uh, was just a mono red version. Okay, um, so I took it I as two third... different decks entirely because the, there was a black red, and then you know I noticed you know you went, you go soul scar mage and wild slash and bone crusher giant. Like I'm like this is chonky red. You switch decks, you know. So I did notice they were they were different because the other deck was playing thought seas and uh, the the black red titan and titan, you know all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and talk about those decks a little bit. Yeah, so um, the one I played, uh, and I actually just grabbed them kind of quickly off of um, off of like the Magic Online Pioneer Challenge deck lists. Mm-hmm. Um, the deck that I played uh, was a 26th place deck by uh, Tyobi 0440. This is the one I won the match with. This is the the black red three Chandra Torture Defiance four Bone Crusher four Goblin Rabble Ma- Master two Hazaret four Crooks uh, one Legion War Boss, which wasn't in the deck. I forget what I replaced it with. Four Angraths, Rampage, one Despise, four Dreadbore, four Thought Seize, four Fatal Push, one Heart of Kieran. I think I replaced it with the with the second Heart of Kieran. Uh, and then just your normal suite of lands. Um, sideboard has like Leyline of the Voids, uh, Eldest Reborn, which, yeah, you scooped too. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't just scooping Davriel. the Eldest Reborn, but yeah. No, I know, yeah. I know, but yeah, you, you saw the writing on the wall with that. I was right. like, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, Ashiok, Anger of the Gods, like some other stuff, some interesting stuff in there, uh, which I, I really enjoyed that because having like the um, the hand disruption on top of having the uh, like the big creatures and things, I thought was just like a great one-two punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that build, and uh, that got me uh, interested in finishing this build because I have some of these lands. I need some of the lands mostly. Um, but I'm interested in building that, like in paper uh, for myself. Yeah. yeah, for myself. So you, um, so you, uh, we played two matches, right? You played the the black red deck first. That sound right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one I played first. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, I knew you played it first. We only played two matches, though, right? Because I just can't. I'm pretty yes. sure. So I played yes. two different versions of blue white, which I don't know that you would have noticed, but I didn't. So, no. so the first deck uh, was a version where I had thrown a bunch of new cards in the deck. So I had, you saw Omen of the Sea. Um, right. I had one copy of Omen of the Sea in the deck. That was that was it. I just cut an opt and put that in. Uh, I just wanted to see it, to try it. And I'm like, oh, right. I don't want right. to play four of them. I'll play one. <laughs> just see how it goes. Um, I had a copy of Dream Trawler. Or Dream, yeah, Dream Trawler. Gosh, that's a weird word. I don't think I've said that out loud yet. <laughs> um, one copy of Dream Trawler in the deck. And then uh, I had one copy of the new Elspeth and one copy of Elspeth Conquers Death in the deck, kind of like in the cast out slot. Oh, neat. Um, mm-hmm. I don't 
Oh, I had one copy of Thassa's Intervention in the deck. So I, I kind of just threw a bunch of one-ofs in there just to kind of see how they played. And I think the only new card I actually drew was the uh, Omen of the Sea, which was literally the last card that I added because I forgot about it. And I I know I texted you. I was like, I just placed an order for four, you know, point zero four ticks. And it was four cards. It was Omen of the Sea. It was like one cent, you know. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I need that card. I guess I should just get it. So, um that was like an afterthought, and it's the only one I saw. Uh, but I was very frustrated during that match because I think I, I mulliganed both games, and like I accidentally skipped my turn during the second game. I was on the you did on that. the play. I like you definitely did that. Looked up. I'm like, what happened to my? It just says your turn four, and I have three lands out and three lands in my hand. I'm like totally flooded right now. You just cast like sorceress spyglass and blanked my Teferi time raveler. So basically, I had all lands and like an opt or something in my hand. Um, so anyway, I just kind of was frustrated because of that, and you just were that deck with the hand disruption. Coupled with the fact that I mulliganed and then was was not really getting much quality, uh, was just too frustrating. And then I I think I played what did I I played something that I felt like might help me turn the corner. And then you played Eldest Reborn and I scooped. Like I think that was what yeah. it was. Um, you played the new Titan and you said you know it was like discard a card and I discarded the the fairy because it was named by Sorcer- Sorcerer's Spyglass. So right. it wasn't that. Right. It may have been the Fiendslayer Paladin. Like I think I I was like okay. I've got That's what it was. You something. played a Fiend Slayer Paladin and then I was like sacrifice a creature and you're like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. You were like, all right. I thought I could dig back into this game and then you play that and I'm just giving up. Um, so I switched back to my usual version of Blue White, which is the version that I mentioned last episode, uh, Philip Skornicki, the Skura or Islands in Front on Twitter, um, has been recommending and he's made a few changes, including Fiend Slayer Paladin. Uh, he plays sealed uh, seal away over blessed alliance which i love that change because blessed alliance was never very good for me um it's nice to make somebody sacrifice their only creature but when you can't target it's really you know it's not it's not ideal um especially against a lot of these chunky red decks that are going you know rabble master and then you're like okay i'm getting attacked by a rabble master and two tokens and i've got blessed alliance great <laughs> like the, uh they're just gonna sack a token it's really just not not that great. Um, and so I love the switch to Seal Away. Um, other than that, I can't remember if he, he made too many changes, but I like those. And so that's that's what I ended up beating you with when you went to more traditional Chonky Red and I went to more traditional Blue White. Uh, I guess you know I ended up winning that match. Um, but- I was surprised that neither of the decks that I uh, copied mm-hmm. even run Embercleave. I was like huh. – Oh, Interesting. I did. There's zero copies. I fully expected there to be, and I was like in too much of a rush to like make any adjustments like myself. I just was like going with the lists that were uh, on there. Um, and I think that and, that's the thing about like Ember Cleave and Torbran to a lesser extent. Like both of them are very swingy cards. So like being able to catch someone when they're unprepared for those is is kind of what you want to do. But when you're playing against anyone who's more prepared for them, then those cards are kind of not great, you know, like um, – right. so I think that's why some builds have been going away from like the Embercleave. I think like some decks were playing – I know Harry's had um, had two main deck that he won the challenge with. Um, Todd I think had a split at one point and maybe just has one main but I think maybe his most recent deck doesn't even play it or, or – yeah, I think there's one. It's hard to remember. I've played a couple different versions but um, I know – 
Todd's latest version cuts Torbrand and plays Rekindling Phoenix, plays uh, an extra copy of Chandra, at least compared to the uh, the versions that I was playing earlier. So like three Chandras as opposed to, to two. Um, but yeah, the, I think maybe that's the thing with Embercleave is people are starting to prepare for Chonky Red because if you go to MTG Goldfish and look at the Pioneer metagame, it's the first deck on the list. So uh, it's pretty popular right now. Um, that yeah. might be why. Uh, have you seen this this uh, five color Niv Mizzet deck? I've heard about it. Yeah, I think Kenny Kenny is building it. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, it's sort of it, it's right there in the name. You know, it's five color and it's trying to cast Niv Mizzet Reborn and draw a bunch of cards, and that's really the strategy. Um, you you trade off the consistency of a you know mono mono or a dual color mana base, and you get access to basically all the most powerful cards in the format, like Abrupt Decay and Teferi Time Raveler and Supreme Verdict and Niv-Mizzet and uh, Siege Rhino. It's just these decks are insane. You, you cast uh, – or you play Bring to Light. So this deck is listed as Niv to Light on, uh, on MTG Goldfish. And it went from like a deck I sort of heard about uh, – like a, maybe a fringe deck to being now the, the third deck on the list of the Pioneer metagame um, according to MTG Goldfish. And they're listed in order of percentage, like percentage of the metagame based on the decks that – the deck lists that they're getting. So Chonky Red being 10.74 percent of the meta, uh, Mono Black Aggro being 9.62, so pretty close. Um, and then Niv to Light, uh, 7.05 percent of the format. And then Blue white as five percent, five point two nine percent. So those are the top four decks. Um, I would have only listed the top three, but since the fourth was blue white, I had to say it. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, right? Like this deck just comes out of kind of out of nowhere, and um, and is really, I think a lot of people love it because you get to really play a ton of cool cards. Uh, it's like Glorybringer. It is playing Glorybringer, or it could play Glorybringer. What are you talking about? Red? Niv to light, or what are you talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. You're talking about the, the bring the light. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned a few cards. It's Like I said, Siege Rhino. It plays Sylvan Caryatid because that's the Birds of Paradise of this format. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, you get Tulsimir Friend to Wolves in this list. Just at one copy, but you know, that's... It's a card. It's a good card. So lots of goofy cards, right? I mean, it's it does. It has a lot of one ofs too, because I guess you you know you're drawing so many cards. If you resolve Niv Mizzet, I think that really you've you've turned the corner right away. So as long as you can resolve Niv Mizzet, you've drawn so many cards. As long as you're able to kind of untap with it, I think you're you're in good shape. Um, I know I was watching Nasif play um, Blue White this morning with some of the new cards and he was playing against a, a Niv-Mizzet Reborn player and he said, you know, the, the main thing is just don't let them resolve Niv-Mizzet. And it's, uh, you know, that's kind of really all, it, the whole match hinges on at least the matchup between Blue-White and Niv-Mizzet uh, according to Nasif. Right. So I, th- I haven't played against it yet myself. So um, I, I hopefully can figure that, you know, can can get some experience against this deck. But it does seem like if you're casting your spells, you're winning. Like <laughs> that's what it feels Thought like. Thoughtseize, despise, both seem like they're real good against that deck. So what's that? Thoughtseize and despise. Yeah. If this is the if this is a deck that's like gaining popularity, it feels like the red black might be a better option than like mono red. Yeah, you know. I think any time uh, you're I, able to like 
disrupt someone. This is sort of a combo deck in a lot of ways, um, but the combo is cast Niv Misery Born and draw a bunch of cards. But it's really, right. <laughs> it's really trying to like put things together and sort of control. It's, I guess it's more mid range, but yeah. Anyway, I think you, you being able to tear apart th- some of the more impactful cards like Niv Mizzet uh, out of their hand is is a big deal. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. I I, I, I want to give Mono Black another try too. I'm actually working towards building that because um, now I've seen lists running like ultimate price and like you know real removal spells not just like fatal push right. that doesn't remove anything um, I, mean, I like fatal push but uh, it's limited uh, it's, 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 it's yeah it's very limited and uh, and it's frustrating to me right I understand um, and that was weeks ago too. I mean, you were playing against literally right. Simic Agro when you and I played. So, <laughs> you know yeah. when that was? It was prior to mid-December when when uh, Oko was banned. So it's it's been a while since you, unless you've played it since then. Uh, but I know you were complaining yeah. about it back then. Um, I was. So I know I mentioned modern uh, being a little bit of a sore spot for me, but I have started thinking about a few cards to pick up for modern, and I, I the uh, the one that I'm looking at right now. Is Ox of Agonis? I don't. I know we didn't really go. We didn't finish our list last episode of like exciting Theros cards, and we're obviously not doing right. it this week. Also, I threw no. threw my list away last Monday. It wasn't like a <laughs> they banned Mox Opal. I'm throwing away my list of Theros cards, but essentially that's what happened. I was thinking about the Mox Opal thing, and it was like on my mind. And I found the list in my backpack, and just was like, oh, I don't need this, and threw it away. And now I and right, then I remembered right, right. later. I was like, "Oh, that's right. I meant to keep that because that was our list of cards for the next episode." Whatever. We're, we're not <laughs> getting there. Uh, but Ox of Agonis from the new set um, is an exciting card, and I want to play that in Dredge. So that's a card that I've got my eye on. And the other cards that I'm thinking about are uh, these Primeval Titan decks. I think are going to be the big deal in Modern for the next few weeks. I'm sure that's anybody following Modern knows that. Um, it really it was already a top deck, and now being um, left alone at the top of the mountain right now i think uh it's it's bodes well for its immediate future uh on top of the dryad of the elysian grove which is the uh you know the what is it three mana two two prismatic omen plus uh exploration card right um and so now these amulet decks are packing dryad and a couple copies of valakut and so now it's it's become it's kind of melded from like a primeval titan amulet deck to also being like a valakut deck it's sort of like a crossover hybrid between both and that looks like fun to me um but they'll probably ban valakut so i better watch it <laughs> or i'm just never playing modern again i don't think like i just don't have any interest in it anymore like pioneer fills that void of wanting like an eternal format without just having like stupid annoying busted decks all over the place um, the thing is you get to play a stupid annoying busted deck too and that's what i think is appealing to me about modern but i totally understand where you're coming from but i didn't yeah. like vint you know i never cared about vintage sure. for that same reason you know i yeah. never really cared about legacy i mean i for a period of time i did but for the most part even in like when i was playing legacy i was trying to play a deck that was relatively fair and then it was like oh uh time warp time Time spiral. I was like, no, no, I'm out. <laughs> Are you talking about High Tide? Somebody played it. Yeah, played High that, Tide against you. That's stupid. Candelabra deck. and all so that. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. So like, I just want to play fair decks, and like Pioneer is like one of the only formats that really lets you do that, and also have an eternal format. So, um, 
so that's pretty much where I'm at. I probably will, like I said, I'll probably never play modern again. Like, unless I'm like absolutely forced to, for some reason, I think I'm just literally done ever trying to play modern. Well, I, uh, so. I, I understand. I, I also, I just want to mention that this is the time, like modern season usually starts ramping up in like the early spring. Um, so I feel like right now a lot of people are like, oh, modern, whatever, you know. And I think that may change in a few months. Now, I know it's not that relevant to you, but anyone who has like a modern collection and is sort of feeling the way you are and thinking like, oh, I want to sell out of modern, at least wait a few weeks to a few months and your cards will be worth more if you decide to sell out or you may change your mind. <laughs> and I, Now, with all of that said, I actually think I'm going to build burn for modern. <laughs> but, <laughs> you should uh, if you have the cards. just to have a deck – in case I need it, right. and I, you know, and there's not much to really pick up uh, to get there. Right. So I'm like, you know, I, I, I probably will build burn for modern, but again, I will probably never play it. I'll probably just leave it in a box. You no, know, I've been uh, there. I think uh, last year, so I built burn for modern last year, and uh, and I did that. I, I kind of looked at that, and then I looked at some legacy burn lists, and I was like, huh, these lists are pretty similar. What happens if I were to buy the cards that? I need to make this a legacy deck, and it came to like nineteen dollars. <laughs> like, nice. All right, I guess I'll just buy these, you know, and and that way I have the legacy burn version if I want. Uh, right. But they are in a box, like you said. Like they, it's just been sitting in a box. Uh, but yeah. if I want to play legacy burn, I can just convert my mon- uh, modern burn deck into legacy pretty easily. Um, right. But yeah, I think I think a similar thing will happen with pioneer. Um, although pioneer burn, well, it's a it's a quite a bit different I think at least compared to legacy versus modern because you don't get like lightning bolt cards like that you don't get goblin guide um, so it's a it's a little more different than the modern yeah, version if they reprint any one of those cards whew. yeah I mean they did they, they reprinted lightning bolt it's called skewer the critics yeah. <laughs> right well on that note I guess we should wrap up it's been about an hour right yeah a little more hour and ten minutes alright this seems about right um I know we had a – it was quite a different episode than usual. I um, hope you all still enjoyed it. But if you want to give us feedback on uh, on this particular way of structuring the episode, which is to say no plan whatsoever, uh, <laughs> let us know. Let us know if we should not do this again. Um, yes, let us know. We will block you, but you can let us yeah. know. Well, I mean feel free to tell me like, you know, hey – that episode sucked, and I'll go cool. Thanks for the feedback. Block. No, that's not true. So, we want constructive criticism. Yeah, I'm gonna block anyone who at us. <laughs> Don't bother me. So we had this we <laughs> we had this segment called Interplanar Beacon, which we were doing pretty good with for a while, but sort of fell off uh, lately. And I did have one for last episode, and I forgot to mention it. So um, I I think I linked it in the show notes anyway because it sort of was relevant, but. Our interplanar beacon for this week, no promises that we will have one next week, um, is Midweek Metagame, formerly the Birthing Podcast, which I think is a hilarious name for a podcast. Um, but uh, it's Harry MTG's podcast with Gabe Nassif and Patrick Robinson or Robertson. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, it was like Midweek. It was it was Birthing Podcast. Then they changed it to Midweek Modern. And then they announced Pioneer. And they were like, well, OK, now it's Midweek Metagame. I think that name can stick. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link again in the show notes. And shout out to Harry, uh, another another blue-white player 
who was playing Chunky Red. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I, <laughs> I like uh, I like where his head's at in, in terms of of deck selection. Um, of course, Gabriel Nassif, Hall of Famer. Who, you know, why wouldn't you want to listen to to what he has to say on things? Um, I don't know Patrick Robertson very well, so you know. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I'm getting to know you a little bit through the podcast, but um, uh, but Patrick has been on Blue White too, so maybe just another another Blue White player. So you know, I love it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll link that. And uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to to mention before we wrap up? No, I think I'm good to go. Uh, this semester is going to be wild. Um, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we've so got some things in, in mind though. Yeah. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of things on the schedule to at least try to keep my head in magic this semester right. too, as much as I can. And when you can't, we've got some some things in mind. For yeah, sure. we've got a plan. But uh, shout out to our sponsors, Cool Stuff Inc. and Card Hoarder and Decked Builder app. And shout out to all our patrons on Patreon. If you want to support the show, uh, you can join us on the on the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash yoMTGtaps. And you can get in on our Discord server, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, until next time, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it.